1: Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Clarity Christian College, formerly known as Florida Bible College. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
2: Now I'm going to confess um, a problem or an issue or a sin of mine, I, I guess... Ira Bailey how many know Ira Bailey okay Ira Bailey's been in um, Ponani here for man almost two years maybe that long maybe longer and I visited him way too rarely folks I love the man he's a rough and tough hard to diaper retired Navy guy you know but he's got a heart as big as the state of Texas three months ago I felt so convicted that I'm not bringing him communion so I ordered a little mini communion kit And I got so excited, I even told some of the deacons, I said, I'm going to go to the homebound people if they'll let me, and I'll serve communion. So we started calling, and some want it and some don't. Old Ira, I wrote him a note, and he said, yeah, come on, I'd love to see you. So I said, I'll do that. Next thing I know, I'm on the mainland. Next thing I know, I come back to, you know, all that's been around here. So I'm very, very busy. And so this past week, uh, I told Carol, I said, you know what, I'm going to go see Ira. It was on Thursday. And wouldn't you know that nice fancy still in the box had been the first person for that little portable communion kit. I forgot it in my office here and I didn't want to go by here to go get it. So Carol made me a little Dixie cup full of uh, juice and and we didn't have any crackers. So we had some, what were those called, Carol? They're grain crackers, okay? And I thought, well, Lord, (laughs) it's not the elements. And so we went to go by and, and see Ira. And I was there... Knocked on the door and he said, come on in. And I came in. He's suffering with a little bit of a cold. And we sat, I don't know, a couple hours there and just talked and prayed and laughed. And he told me stories. Don't look at me as some great kind guy. I have blown it. I should have been doing this monthly. I'm telling myself, if we had a million people in this church, I still need to do these kinds of things. It's important. You know what Ira told me? Besides all the fun stuff he was sharing with me, He told me two funny stories, and I'm going to leave this just to let you know that there's a whole list of people in your life that don't even go to this church, your own aunts and uncles, your own family members that might need to be touched. He said, you know, pastor, I I heard you're coming to do communion up here, but the lady at the desk, she called me, and she said, your pastor's coming, and he's going to give you last rites. (laughs) And we just laughed at that. We had a good old time over that one. But now I'm going to tell you that he's going to... If there is last rites and there's not. But if he's going to do that for me, he will do it for me. And here's why. Do you know that he lives on the 10th floor? 10th floor. And he says he has never taken the elevator down. 93 years old, he walks down 10 flights of stairs. Once a month, he walks up 10 flights of stairs. Now, he says he gets two floors. He goes outside by the elevator and sits down for five minutes. And then he does the next two floors. I says, that's not so bad. We have some staff people that get tired walking up our stairs. and are only three flights here. I'm sorry, Grandma Mac, but, you know. And here, I'm telling you this. Are you enjoying this little story? This little story would have never happened if once... That one little act of kindness that I did that somehow it squeaked out of this lack of kindness that I, I struggle with. And I, I, I regret that. And all of us have people like that in our life that we can reach out to and show kindness to. We can call the discouraged. We can do favors. We can run errands. We can bear burdens. We can share joys. We can encourage the downhearted. We can give to the needy. We can befriend the friendless. I mean, all, all these are, are lists out here. Let me give you some principles here because these are very rich. They're not going to go long, but these are. You, you got we have to own kindness. So let's talk about how to be kind. By the power of God, for the glory of God, we're going to do three things. Let's look at number one. We're going to respond lovingly to the unthankful and evil people. The unthankful and evil people. The reason I put that in there is this, because about 10 years ago, there was a church, and you read it in these trade magazines that we preachers get, about doing random acts of kindness. That would mean do something that nobody would see. Put a, a, a quarter in the, in the um, uh, what do you call it, uh, meter when you're over at the zoo because you see it's going red and there's three squad cars ready to give everybody tickets, okay? I'll let that alone. So anyway, so we put, uh, put a quarter. That's a random act of kindness. Could you, should you do that? Yes, you really can. Have you helped the other person? I'm sure you have. Has you he helped you? I know you have, okay? But that's a random act of kindness. Some of us like to do random acts of kindness. Sometimes it's easy for us to do that. And I do not want to take anything away from that because some of us don't even do that much. But really, Scripture, it doesn't really speak about doing random acts of kindness. It's talking about our kindness needs to be displayed when not so much to be seen, but in areas when it's so hard or difficult to be kind. And that's where these illustrations come from. So do your random acts of kindness, but how can you say, I'll do random acts of kindness, look what a great, kind, spirit-filled person I am, when we have times to be kind and we're not, and we're judgmental and we're self-righteous, then that really wasn't an act of kindness truly. I don't know what it was. It was just something that wasn't as perhaps as powerfully displayed as it would be in this. All right, let's look at it now. Here's what the passage says. It was so well read to us. It says, But if you love those who love you, what credit is that? Again, everybody loves a kitten and a puppy pretty much. For even sinners love those who love them, and if you do so, uh, if you do well to those who do well to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And who I'm thinking about is the mafia. You know, they do a lot of nice stuff as long as you're nice to them, but if you don't, off goes your head. And it says, And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to other sinners to receive as much back and usually with interest. But here's what he says to us, Jesus speaking. He says, but love your friends. Is that what it says? No, it says love your enemies. Now, an enemy doesn't have to be someone who carries a gun or a knife. doesn't have to be someone who breaks into your house. An enemy could be someone who's a relative right now who's treating you with disdain and disrespect or dishing you in some way. So an enemy doesn't have to be someone in a trench coat with a mask It could be the person that could be even in this room that you feel an enemy relationship with. And here it says you love them. Then it says do well, basically to the same person, an enemy. Do well. That means act well. What could I do? Then it says lend. That means take something that you need, you want for you or something you would like to give to someone else who's so kind to you who could do something back nice to you and you lend even to an enemy. Hoping for nothing in return. Now that's what you need to underline. You want to lend so much that he doesn't even give it back to you. Man, that's a stretch. Then it goes on to say, and your reward will be great. Now, don't underline reward. Underline the phrase will be. I love that. It will be. It's a promise. And you'll be the sons of the Most High. Now, that's a a Jewish phrase to basically say you'll be godlike. All right? So we could say you'll be godly if you do that. Then I love this next phrase and I put it in bold. For he, referring to God, is kind to the unthankful and evil. For just a moment, look up here for just a second. Unkind, unthankful, evil people. The best illustration of that is when I look over behind me at this man-made cross and I can think about the Lord Jesus Christ who when he went to that cross, they were betting for his garments after they already split his body wide open by whipping him and spattering all over him, nailing him up to that cross, And here, those people below Him were the most unthankful, wicked people in all the world. And watch this. It wasn't just those people. It's everybody who lived before those people were born and everybody who lived after those people were born. And the most kindest thing He did was to go to that cross for us. And that's... If you need a picture of God being kind, that's probably the best one. Scripture says while we were yet in our sins, He died for us and rose again. And so while we were yet in our sins... Kind. When we were an enemy of God, he was kind to us when he went to the cross. And I know all about holiness and judgment and condemnation. It's all in the scriptures too. you can't know kindness without his justice. But you can't know justice either without his kindness. So it all fits there. But go on a little bit further. It says, Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Do you remember a few moments ago I was building the biblical case that kindness and mercy go together? Well, here's how you see it. Here it's talking about he's kind. Then it says, Be merciful as he is also merciful. So you could circle merciful and kind together. Be kind as he is kind. Be merciful as he is merciful. And that's how we're going to be kind, is when we're merciful. And if you want to be godlike, there it is. Let's look at the second one. It says, Go out of my way to cheerfully help someone in need. Woo! This one is a power pack passage. All right, talking about being kind, although the word is not found in there, the concept is definitely permeating all through it. says, Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, you've heard the story, and fell among thieves, this poor guy. They stripped him of his clothing, they wounded him, they departed, leaving him as if he was dead. Now by chance a certain priest, a man of the cloth, the one who knew better, he was coming down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. It says, likewise, a Levite, who's kind of a a step down from a priest. I'm being very simple here for you right now. But um, he was a step down from being a priest. But he still worked with the priest. It says, when he arrived at the place, he came and looked and passed on the other side. Now, what the scholars are telling me is the priest didn't want to touch that body that was over there because they'd be defiled. The Levite got a little bit closer. So one just stayed on the other side of the street. The other one kind of came up close, looked at this thing and kind of just kind of walked away. So you got those two guys that did not act kindly to a guy who really couldn't fight back. He was beat up. Now you got the third person, the Samaritan. And he journeyed, and he came where he was, and when he saw him, here's what he had. Now circle it. He had compassion. Remember, kindness comes out of a disposition of the heart. He had compassion. Compassion, calm with, passion, suffer. The passion of Christ, suffering Christ. So you suffer with. This Samaritan could feel the pain inside of him, so to speak, of what this poor guy that was beat up felt like. So what did he do? He went to him. Now let me pause for a moment. I'd like to build a little case that you probably don't real, have authentic compassion unless it's married to some form of action. You can talk the talk of compassion, but I don't think you walk the walk of compassion unless there's something there that costs you something. So compassion is something that's going to come out from an attitude to an action. I'll stay with that as we go through the passage. I count no less than eight different things that compassion did in the act of kindness. Look at it here. This man did this. He went to him, so he bandaged his wounds. Now, you can imagine what he looked like. Teeth were probably knocked out. Blood was everywhere. It could have coagulated. It smelt bad. Flies were everywhere. If you've ever been in the Middle East, you know how bad it could have been. Just picture what it was like to be beat up with wounds. He poured oil and wine on this guy, so he took something of himself. It was a form of medicine, so he gave him some medicine. And he set him on his own animal, not on the man's animal, but on the one who was providing the help, his own animal. Now, you can imagine a stinky, bloody guy on his animal, probably dripping, oozing stuff, on his clean saddle it says brought him to an inn however long that took to get him there took him to an inn which meant that he had to sacrifice time because this Samaritan wasn't looking for guys that were beat up on the side of the road and he took care of him I don't know what all that means but I know that he did what was necessary to relieve distress we've studied that already on the next day When he departed, so that means he spent the night with that guy. So he gave up a day and a night. Now, think about that, folks. If you had to give a day and a night out of your schedule with your little Palm Pilot, and we had to change to change our direction, our goals are now shattered because we didn't keep in schedule overnight. Then it says this. Took care of him, and then he said, Listen, I'm going to give you some money right now, but if you need more, when I come back, I'm going to replenish what you spent to take care of this guy. So now look at the rest of the principle. It says, So which of these three guys do you think was a neighbor or neighborly to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. And because we built the case of mercy and kindness often going together, it's not an exegetical leap. So he was kind to him. Then Jesus said to him, Would you read those last four words, everybody out loud? And Jesus said to him, What? Go and do likewise. Now, look up here for just a moment again. I I applaud all of you to do random acts of kindness. I'm a recipient of people who occasionally will get my Bible and they'll put money in it. You've experienced some of this stuff. People that have borrowed my car and put more gas in it than, than what they used. All that kind of stuff. I appreciate all that. But what we have to think about when we're going to do a random act of kindness, we also have to do the purposed acts of kindness to those who cannot give back. They're evil people. They are people that cannot return anything. They're often unthankful. They won't thank us when they're done, let alone repay us. And we've got to do it cheerfully and joyfully and in some measure to add value to their life. And I pray that we do that. There was a television reporter. Let me look here. His name was Hugh Rudd. Hugh Rudd was the anchor man in New York City for CBS. One evening, he was coming out of his condominium there in New York, and he was brutally assaulted and beat up and left so bad that he was just a crumpled body. This is a true story. I'm not, this, this really happened. And when he was there, he said he was fully awake and conscious while he was being brutalized and mugged. When he was left on the ground, he said he was so in so much pain and there was so much that was torn, he stung and felt broken all over. But his eyes were open and he noticed everything that went by and he said the assault took place at 2.30 in the morning. It wasn't until dawn that he had help. He said, I watched people step over my body. I could not speak as they walked by. He said, I saw delivery people making delivery a half a block away. Cars were driving by. People were coming back from the Broadway plays. And there I was, helpless. He says, I know what it's like to be helpless. Now, that's a dramatic thing. The people in your world and my world probably aren't that dramatic because we're not out that late at night in a seedy part of town. But I believe that within our sphere of influence, there are people that have been assaulted on their jobs, in relationships, our neighbors, people that are hurting right now, that we could show an act of kindness to them. And I pray that we would. Finally, take time to make life easier for them. Just take time to make life easier. Lighten their load. Some of you heard that my sister last Sunday was in a horrible one-car accident. Some of you haven't heard that yet. Um, I was just in San Antonio. We left there three days ago, four days before that. And I got a call from my brother saying, my sister, in the afternoon when I was on Interstate 10 right outside of Sagin, she heard a bang. That accident occurred just a few miles up the road from another accident that happened a few minutes around her accident where seven people were killed. The difference was that my sister, for whatever happened when the car heard the bang... It flipped over, and it kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And as it rolled, it did not roll into the oncoming Interstate 10 traffic. It rolled off the side of the road. She said, I felt myself going around. I was fully conscious. I heard every window break. I heard the doors being ripped off. I heard the explosions of the tires were, 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 were popping. And all I could think about was my little dog, Sparkles, who I keep in a little cage right next to me when I make these long-distance kind of driving in our van. And she said, I, and when I finally could get myself out of this, Sparkles was no longer there. My lunch pail was there and my dog was somewhere in the back of the van underneath all these resource products because you you met her when she was here. She uh, does a lot of uh, conferences. And so she said, I I looked and there's my little Sparkles trying to get to climb into my lap. She said, another car pulled over and helped me get the rest of the way out of this vehicle that was just exploded. Just a mangled bunch of metal. The first responders were there. I don't know who they were. She just said first responders. They were showing up. Not one Part of her skin was cut. She did not have one broken body. Now, she doesn't. She looks black and blue now, but other than that, that's all she's had. Now, while she was there, the responders were saying, you've got to go to the hospital and in Texas. I don't know here, Kaipo, but in Texas, they don't let you take your little dog. And my sister lives for that dog because they had no children, so that dog becomes their child. How many of you know what I mean? Go, uh-huh. Okay, so now she says, but this dog's got to go with me. And, she's, and they said, no, no, we cannot have a dog in the bus or in this van, or you know what they talk about, the ambulance. We cannot do that. And one of the fire rescue people said, Marianne, I will take your dog to the firehouse, and I will keep your dog. Here's the phone number, and when you or a relative want to come by and pick up little sparkles, I will. Now, I'm going to tell you, my sister, like that bruised and battered body on the side of the road, Someone took care of something that meant more to her than her own life was her little dog and i 'm going to tell you that sometimes taking care of someone else is taking care of someone else the way they want to be taken care of, not sometimes the way we want to be taken care of i 'll close with these last two thoughts, and then we 're going to end there 's so much more you can get it out of the outline, but listen to this this is this is huge. There are two verses in the Bible that speak to the importance of men. There's a verse in Proverbs that says men are to be kind. In fact, it says the measure of a man is kindness. That was huge. That, I mean, all Christians should be kind. But when it said the measure of a man is kindness, I got thinking, Stan, are you measuring up to an authentic, genuine man in kindness? Am I kind to Carol? Oh, man. Am I kind to to, to, to those of... Well, people who irritate me, <laughs> am I that way? But now, ladies, don't look so smug because there's a verse in Proverbs also that says, and on her tongue, not his, her tongue is the law of kindness. And I wonder how many of you moms snap at your kids, snap at your mate, snap at the people you work with, your roommates. It has, it has a, the tongue of Kindness. You remember a moment ago, we talked about Christos means kind. Christos means Christ. One Bible scholar said that sometimes the people were known to be followers of Christos, Christ, and others got the words mixed up, the, the Gentiles then, and they thought it was followers of kindness because they were to be kind like Christ. And so I'm thinking that maybe if we're going to be followers of Christ, we're going to be followers of kindness. That value of Christ in kindness. Well, folks, that's how you be kind. It's found in Christ. Your model is when he died on the cross and paid our sin debt. And he says, there's nothing you do in return. Whether you're thankful or not, all you do is to believe that I'm bestowing my act of kindness on you. you got to admit, though, that you're broken in need of it. you got to admit the fact that Your good works will never get you cleaned up. You've got to admit the fact that Jesus loves you just the way you are and that by placing your faith alone in Christ, you can have everlasting life. He who was rich in kindness went to the cross for us. And so right now, the simplest thing you can do and the only thing you can do to go to heaven is to place your faith in Christ. Would you do that right now? Let's do it together, shall we? Let's start off on this road together. First by trusting Christ with every head bowed and every eye closed, God cared enough to send His very best. You know that. And God showed His gentleness to us by forgiving us of all of our sin. Instead of His anger and judgment, He said, I'm going to be gentle with you and I'm going to forgive you your sin. Christ showed His graciousness to us because He gave us the exact opposite of what we deserved. So He gave us grace. God showed His generosity by making sure that salvation is free for everyone who had received Christ as Savior. So maybe what you'd like to say is this. You know, Lord, I know that I have been unkind. I've been unkind in the first relationship that I've had. I've been kind to my kids. I now am living a, a broken relationship with my family because of my unkindness. I've lost jobs because I have not been kind. I've been judgmental and stood for righteousness, but I was doing it in a way that was not kind. I have lost... Because of my unkindness. Lord, I'm a broken woman. I'm a broken man. I'm a broken young person. And Lord, I I need your forgiveness right now. And the Lord says, I love you. He says, I know you're unkind, but I'm who rich in kindness will bestow it upon you. And I'll not do a random act. I'll do a specific act of kindness. I'll go to the cross. I'll pay your sin debt. I'll rise again from the dead. And for you to receive that free gift from me, Just come to me as you are, a broken person who has been unkind, and now place your faith alone in me. I will forgive you of your unkindness. You will be in a state of forgiveness when you are unkind in the future. But I know now you have me in you to help you to be kind again. You have a do-over. Let me do that. Maybe you'll simply say, Lord, I believe you died for me. I know it's not by my good deeds, but it's by my faith in Christ, and I'm trusting you right now. If you're doing that, a couple of options for you. The one is, I'd like you to slip up your hand, and that uplifted hand indicates to me that you're trusting Christ. It's not by any good deeds you've done. It's just by trusting Christ. But I won't have you stand up or come forward. I won't embarrass you in any way. When I see that hand, I'll just say thank you, God bless you, Like I said, my praying for you won't get you into heaven. You uh, raising your hand won't do it either, but it's just silently letting me know you're trusting Christ. Another way you could do it if you wanted to, you have that little communication card there in front of you. You can just put on that card B for believe. I now believe in Christ. Just put a B on there, and I'll know that you've done that. Put your name and a little contact information, whether it's email or phone number, and I promise you no one in this church will reach out to you but me And I'll just kind of call you or contact you to say, I love you, I'm here, I'm your friend, and I want to help you any way I can. So you have those two opportunities. Is there anyone here today with every head bowed and every eye closed that is saying, I'm receiving the act of kindness of God and I'm trusting Him as my Savior? So if you're trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as the one who died for you, would you slip up your hand right now? Is there anyone at all? Thank you. God bless you. You may put your hand down. Maybe you'd like to fill out that card and just drop it in later if you'd like or just see me afterwards and we'll just silently uh, say hi. I've got a little booklet I wrote. It's called Now That You Believe and I'd like you to have that copy. It's special just for you. I wrote it with you, truly in mind. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I, I am wanting to express to you our gratefulness for your kindness to us that when we were unthankful and evil, you displayed kindness not by just saying nice little kind things, not just teaching us how to live better so we die and still he separated from you, but that Father that you said that you would go to a cross, and then you kept your promise to prove that your word is true, and you went to that cross and died and rose again. And I thank you for that. I thank you for this new eternal friend I made here. I pray that he would now read your Bible and see that what it says is truth. I pray that he talked to you in prayer and not a little now I lay me down to sleep speeches. I pray that he too would know that he has a do-over now, that he has you, the kind one, living within him that you came to live inside, and that, Father, that he can display that fruit of kindness through you. So help him, Father. For Father, I know that through that, his relationships with others will be stronger and better, and most of all, he'll be pleasing to you. Now, Father, I pray that prayer for every single one of us here. I thank you that our church is kind, but, Lord, I also know that behind closed doors, at work, sometimes when people can't see us, you see the times that we could have and should have shown kindness. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: This is Joe Pons, and I want to thank you for listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Clarity Christian College. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the word of God with clarity into every person's world. It's the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible.